Welcome to the WTF Show podcast from Bangkok, Thailand, presented by Vimal Kogar. Tune in to get your dose of weekly verbal Red Bull. Welcome to the WTF Show today. We have Mr. Maya from Baker McKenzie Law. Tell us a little bit about yourself, Maya. What do you do for a living? So, as you mentioned, I work. I'm an associate at Baker McKenzie. Um, I work in mergers and acquisitions and corporate transactions. Really exciting stuff. Um, with mainly a focus on pharmaceutical and the energy sector uh, here. So, tell me how you got into studying law. You have a LLB from London School of Economics, I understand. Yeah. So, it's one of those weird things where it kind of always seemed to be either that. Or it was going to be journalism for me. I had a real passion for one of those two things, but it was. It feels like for a long time, other people told me that you know what, you talk a bit too much, you argue a bit too much. Maybe you should go into something like the law, and that just seemed to fit. I enjoyed all of those activities, like um, debate and model UN and high school. So it felt like a natural next step would be to go into a field like law, where it was kind of an art of words and talking and. Writing and negotiating your positions and defending your positions, and always really found that very interesting because the number of ways you can kind of do one thing was always really fascinating to me. So when I was graduating, it kind of when I was doing uh, high school, it was just so clear to me that I have to be a lawyer. Um, it's it's I I think I was I was motivated really f- to be able to kind of interact with other people in a commercial setting, but also long term in terms of what I could do in things like environmental law in the future. And that was always the kind of driving force behind what I what I want to do in my life. So when it came time to applying for university, it was definitely do an LLB. And you can't do undergraduate law in the US. So it had to be the UK. And I was always very, I was drawn to, I, I love a lot of things English. I love football. I love kind of English comedy. I love music. Um, so England was always kind of the perfect fit for me. Okay, tell me a little bit about uh, your college days. University was, I think, probably the most had the most profound impact on me. I went to school in Bangkok at NIST for fifteen years, so K one to graduation. But three years at university in London really changed my outlook on. How I view a lot of things. Probably majority of my how, how who are who I am today comes from those three years in London. I think it's it was the first time in my life where I was in a completely strange city. Um, it was people whom I'd never kind of heard those accents before. Meeting people from all over the world because London is a very international place. LSC especially is a very international place. Also, it was, it's a really charming place in the sense that it's not that big. It's the undergraduate course is only about 3,000, 4,000 people, which is unique compared to the experience that other people will have. For example, in a U.S. university where it's like 50, 60,000 people, we didn't have a big campus. LSE, like no jokes, is like three buildings in the middle of London. Like that's it. Temple Station, maybe? Yeah. Uh, uh, I can't, can't remember. Holborn. Yeah. Holborn Station. And then it's like LSE, and then it's like surrounded by UCL buildings, and then SOAS is around the corner. So 
you feel like you are weirdly in a university just because you see university buildings, but they're not your university. So LSE was a very different place to then going to school in Bangkok where everyone kind of looks like you, sounds like you. Everyone comes from a similar background. Everyone has the same kind of weird American twingy accent. London was very different. I think also I lived a very sheltered life in Bangkok. Um, London is a big, daunting place. You go to university, especially at the at the LSE, you're seeing bankers, you're seeing people who work in the city, like big dark coats, walking, you know, coffee in hand. And I think I was, that was always a very imposing image to have to deal with every day in London. But it's a very it's a, it was a great experience, just because it really set me up for I think what the future would be like, okay, what so working in law would be like. Okay, so let's from the UK for a second. Tell me a little bit a little bit about your relationship with Thailand. That's a great question. So I'm sure you're familiar with the idea of the third culture kid now. Um, I think I, I, I'm, I, I like to think of myself as a textbook third culture kid. So I was born in Bombay, um, but I moved here when I was, I think, about two weeks old or something is the story. My parents are already living here at this point. My parents were born and raised in Bombay. They moved here. So in a way, I'm first generation Thai, but I don't have a Thai passport. So all my Indian passport don't really have any legal relationship really to Thailand other than my work permit and my visa. But the country that kind of, you know, influenced me the most is Thailand. My relationship with Thailand in that sense is, I, I think I'm still figuring it out more now as an adult working here and living here than I did when I was in school. Because school is a completely different setting where you kind of go home here you're me. It's a really, really weird kind of club where it doesn't really reflect what's outside to you. You're not dealing with just you know normal people. It's dealing with like high school kids, middle school kids, elementary school kids. I think so. My experience of Thailand is shaping up now. I think dealing with I, I work almost entirely with Thai people, and I'm learning about the culture really in a different way, in a more mature way. I'm learning about. What it, what interests Thai people have, which is really just like any interest anyone else has. What do you think? Is there anything special about the Thai people that you can tell me? Yeah, um, I think I would say go at this from a commercial and a kind of a professional perspective. So, like I mentioned about London, you see these people in dark coats in the city, and it's quite a, quite an intense image to look at. And this kind of always scared me about working in the city and working in London as a lawyer. In the people who I'm who I work with and in, in the Thai culture is very I find very friendly. It's not like the the land of smiles thing. I I think it's not really just a like a slogan. Really, it's really a way of life, and people really welcome you. It's not an intensely competitive place. People are really collaborative. People want to really seek out your opinion. They want to help you grow. The people want to teach you. They they want if you don't know something, they're really willing to guide you along that way. To show you not necessarily what is right, but how something can be done. Right. Can you tell me a little bit about Baker and Mackenzie, please? Oh yeah, it's a it's a big place. So it's a law firm, am I right? That's right. Yeah, it's okay. a law firm. Um, so it's a big place. We have many different teams. So I work, as I mentioned, in the corporate commercial team. So most of my experiences are related with the people I work with with, with there. Um. It's 
it's like any it's a, it's an international law firm it's huge we work when on an average project we'll be working with so many different offices it's becomes like a it's a community really of people from different jurisdictions who kind of relate to this one you know head of Baker McKenzie and yeah it's really a network of law firms when you when you're actually working on matters there and do you work in litigation and civil law in tax law what do you do so i do mergers and acquisitions and corporate transactions that's my main focus um where it comes to like our clients when they implement any transactions then our team is the one who's involved be it an acquisition a merger a restructuring thailand cross multi jurisdictional um in the US with implications here or in the UK with implications here whatever it may be so if kids were going applying for college today what type of experience will they have in law school and going out into the in- employment market when they're out of law school so law school i i i'd say this to people who ask me about law school all the time is if you don't like writing and reading don't don't do it you have to read so much so much at law school i used to always joke it's like reading a novel for each class twice in a week and then talking about it within like 2 days it's really hard to be able to and i struggled with it the entire 3 years i mean some of the things i read i'm still not sure i understand completely but you really need to have a kind of interest in being able to just read and trying to keep reading something again and again and again to try and figure out why someone judge something or why someone argued something the way they did what does that mean in just that setting of a particular case what it might mean commercially what it might mean on a more macro level in relations between countries when you're studying things like EU law in the UK um if you're willing to if if you're okay with all of those things and you have a passion for all of those things go to law school but at the same time as i've gotten older what i've learned is there's many different ways for you to achieve that i was talking to someone recently and i mentioned that law firms in the uk were very interested in hiring people who hadn't done law because the law is one of those weird weird things and i think this applies to many other careers where you can come at it from different angles if you did international relations if you did economics you have an understanding of the same kind of commercial relations the relations between different parties negotiation drafting the ability to use words writing providing advice blah 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 which is transferable to the law so there's no one way for you to try and get into the law but i think at the end of the day the main thing you need to be able to you know the main skill is probably reading <laughs> reading a lot and reading to the point you know where you really can understand something and what about career advancement because uh the people going into the both the education and job markets at the moment maybe are a little bit unclear about what type of uh career advancement there is when you're 20 when you're 25 when you're 30 when you're 35 where do you see yourself for example in 10 years i honestly try not to have that kind of expectation against myself i think because before going to university i was really like oh in five in three years i'll graduate then i'll be working here then i'll be doing this i'll be hopefully making this much money and then at this point i'll be doing this i'll be at this position here 
the moment I graduated university, I kind of had that point of kind of exhaustion for being in England and I kind of wanted to come home. And I, I also, I realized that the job market was very different from the point of when I went to university. So I realized that that weird kind of goal I'd set, I'd set myself up for failure by setting this, this landmark I had to reach, these goals I had to meet, which it's hard to do three, even three years or two years or sometimes even a year before, like with COVID. Like imagine the goals you set in January on New Year's Eve. In three months later, they were, you know, they were wiped away or maybe you couldn't do them. If you wanted to travel, you couldn't do them. I think it's really hard to set goals like that. I think it's what I, what I know is I want to be doing something that's fulfilling. I want to be happy. I don't want to be concerned too much with a figure of a money I'm making or what position I'm in because those labels will change for sure in the next five to 10 years. There's no way they will be exactly the same. My life will change between now and then and I might want different things. And I think that, so I don't try to have a goal for 10 years in time or really in any kind of period of time. I'm trying to take it really day by day, week by week. If I'm, if I'm really struggling with something, then I'll really come and kind of look within myself and reach out to the people near me to see whether I'm, there's a time for a change. And I don't know what that change might look like from two years, three years, 10 years. Okay, tell me a little bit about your passions. Do you enjoy reading? Do you enjoy music? What type of music do you enjoy? Oh, I love a lot of music. I mean, if you listen to my Spotify, my Spotify, like the Spotify year in review I get from them every year during New Year's Eve is always very eclectic. So it will go rap and it will go weirdly indie rock and then it will become kind of Afro pop. I enjoy all music. I, I, I really just love going on Spotify and clicking random shuffles random playlist and just kind of enjoying that i cannot play an instrument i cannot i have zero musical talent but i do love appreciating music other than that my hobbies are i, I mean i'll consume almost anything on a television i love sports i watch um, i watch sports to a fault i watch the football i have the nba league pass the nfl league game pass i watch uh i watch snooker I'm a weird person like that, where I watch snooker on True Sport 3 and really enjoy it, even though I'm not 100% sure what's going on. Um, I like table tennis, if that's on you know, any random channel. I'll watch anything on a TV. I love movies and I love TV shows. Um, I'm always that guy, I think my friends will, com- will probably say, is that whenever they bring up a show, I've either seen an episode or I've been like, oh, I've heard of that. And then, yeah, that's that's the kind of person I am, I think, when it comes to those things. Tell me a little bit about, so uh, WTF show is about uh, youth youth empowerment and peer-to-peer support. And like I said, we have all these people out there who are looking for jobs and you are in a secure position at the moment. Would you have a little bit of advice for people out there who are trying to find their way? That's a really good question. I think there's a couple of ways I'd like to answer this. I think the first thing is there's no one way to do it. Um, or and, and everyone's definition of success is different. It doesn't necessarily mean having a job that pays you and you have to work five days a week. So it really first, I think the first thing is you have to look and figure out what it is that you want to do, not necessarily what others want you to do. Then I think 
it's there's different ways that you can achieve this and my answer is not might not work for you and that's fine because i know and from my experiences with talking to other people there's a gazillion different ways to achieve the same kind of happiness success and joy you want in your life to be fulfilled um the only guidance that i had and i i really struggled with this to figure it out myself i i i was really trying to get a job in london initially in third year when i i was trying to grad about to graduate i had an interview at um i think one of the one of the consultancies i think it was deloitte and uh, i had the interview scheduled but then i just that the morning i woke up and i just didn't go it was uh, it was a really weird decision where i just felt like oh i don't think this is going to work i don't think this is going to make me happy i don't think being here right now is going to make me happy. yeah it's just an interview it wasn't like a job offer but i just didn't want to pursue that maybe because i didn't feel like i was ready for it i think if you want to find out find work if you want to find yourself any opportunity i think the only thing i would say is try to get face to face with a person who's in in charge there i think that that's what worked for me i had an interview and i was i just turned 21 when i got my job so i was not ready for you know it, i was surprised that someone was going to pay me to do something at that point i i was just trying to imp, you know impress upon these people that i really just want to come in and work like i can't promise you that i won't make mistakes because that's you cannot promise that you're going to make horrible mistakes and you kind of just have to live with that but then i was trying to convince them and i hopefully i think i showed them this is that i'm just going to work hard and if i make a mistake i promise you i will learn from it i will not repeat that mistake i will work hard i will come in and i will try and be better every day than the, the day i was before and i think that's the only thing you can really promise and hopefully if you're honest about it and they can see that you're actually you know you're not lying to them that you will actually do that you're going to come through on those promises i think that that goes a really long way especially today. Um if I if I can add one more point on that is I think that with COVID and the way the world is now with technology and people like to say disruption I don't necessarily like the word disruption I think it's just that because technology has already fundamentally changed how we live and do everything than we did 10 years ago 5 years ago. I think I I would I would try to say that the one thing you have to be ready for now going forward and with the you know pandemic has showed us anything is that there's no boundaries there's no real office anymore you're going to work from home you're going to work at all out, odd hours of the night you're going to if you're working in a field like law or consultancy or you know something that involves other jurisdictions you have to be ready to work you know get an email at you know 11 p.m. when you're out just leave and go and do that I think you have there's no set 9 to 5 jobs anymore. There's no set office anymore. And I think you have to and this is a, I'm a very anxious person. It took me a long time to get okay with that. And I think you have to you have to accept that that's going to be the reality of whatever you've experienced so far. Okay, tell me what you're reading right now, Amir. Um so a book I just finished is um Talking to Strangers by Malcolm Gladwell. I'm not a big non-fiction person, but I will read anything that Malcolm Gladwell writes. Um it's a fantastic book. Um highly recommended to anybody. Um fiction-wise uh I just finished um some of the books by Sally Rooney, um Normal People and Conversation with Friends which I thought were really good. 
And a friend of mine gave me a book um, uh, by Elif Shafak, The 40 Rules of Love, which I also really enjoyed. That was a really good book. Well, I enjoyed having you on the show today, Amir. Uh, before we go, a couple of questions. One is, can you tell me about a WTF moment you had that sort of pivoted your life in a different direction? Um, a WTF moment. I think uh, I have to go back to university in my first year. I I made a very active decision going to university that I'm going to try and be like a different person. I'm going to try and be put an equal focus on my social life that I did in, you know, on my studies. I think up until high school, I was very focused on trying to kind of just work home, you know, try to go, do really good at school. I was not really like hanging out at school after school. When the bell rang, like within 30 minutes, I was home. So university, the first year, I think all of it entirely, but really the end of it, when I realized that, so I I kind of focused on trying to take advantage of those opportunities that came up to me to meet new people, learn about what they were studying, what their cultures were, where they came from, how they got to LSE, the same place I was, and really trying to get to know all of these people, that really added a lot of value to my life. And I think when my I got my grades that year, I was like, oh, this is this is fine. This is what I would have gotten if I literally studied the entire time. I think what that taught me was, oh, there's a lot more to learning that comes from outside of just an you know that academic and professional setting where someone's sitting and standing in front of you telling you X, Y, and Z. I think I realized that there's a lot, a lot you can learn from just talking to people, which is going to go maybe much further in life than what you read in a book. And that really changed my view on you know my education and how I should carry myself and how I should interpret how to achieve things in life. It's a pleasure hosting you today, Amir. So I'm going to leave you with two things. One is you get to nominate one person to come on the WTF show, maybe in the future. And you get to nominate one person to be Youth of the Year 2021 in our Youth Awards at the end of 2021. So before we leave you, I'm going to give you the last word. So uh, again, is about people who are looking for jobs or people who are confused in the jobs that they're already at. Uh, are you willing to help with some career advice? Uh, can we reach out to you? Where do you stand there? Oh, yeah, of course. I'm always happy to talk to anyone um, and give any kind of advice I have. I don't think I have it all figured out I'm, you know, by any stretch of the imagination. But I can tell you what worked for me and what didn't work for me. So I'm happy to talk to anybody in that regard. I will only say one thing is that I think, like I said before, there's going to there's a million ways for you to achieve that's the success that you want in life. I guess the first two things is figure out what that is, what that looks like for you, because it doesn't necessarily look like that for everybody. The second thing is, you know, just, just be, yeah. I think the second thing would be to make sure that you're doing it for yourself and not for other people. Yeah. Thank you, Omea. And uh, I'm so happy you're at the WTF show today. Please tune in next week where we have great guests and great show. Goodbye to all you WTFers. That's it from the WTF show. Vimal and the team from WTF show would like to thank all our sponsors. 
Tune in next week for another great gig with people making a difference to your future. For advertising spots, go to the WTF Show IG page and get more info or contact Vmol at 6681-616-5987. 